construction resuming, more guest surveys being sent out, and oh yeah, a Disney park reopened. That and more, all on today's Park Hop. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of The Great Park Hop. My name is Julian James, and continuing to join us live from the Hall Cave, where serious consideration is being given to what a pickle-flavored churro would actually taste like, the man, the myth, the legend, Henry Hall. Heyo. Each week we get together to discuss the latest and greatest theme park news, happenings, and burning topics from the lands of Disney, Universal, and beyond. Before launching into things, we always like to take note that Henry works at the Walt Disney Company. As always, though, his opinions are fully his own. How about it, Henry? Shanghai Disneyland, open. Oh, yeah, it's definitely open. And we're already getting, like, news back on how it's going. Yeah, man, it's uh, it's all been coming in. It's all super exciting. It's it's uh, it's a little kind of unbelievable, really, that it's been like it's been a f- almost two. What is it? It's like fifty six days since all Disney theme parks have been completely closed, and so it's it almost feels a little strange to be saying that like, oh, there are people going to a Disney theme park, riding rides, walking around, interacting with uh, with all of these various different lands and just having a great time. It's it's like exciting, kind of strange. It's it's you know, it's uh it's good times overall though. Oh yeah, I mean it's 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 good cuz I'm also like, you know, we get to hear a lot of like what they've uh what measures they put in place. And also some of the, like, uh, the reception that's kind of going on. I mean, there's definitely some good and definitely some bad. Yeah, man. I mean, that, that is, that is the, uh, that is the way of the world these days. It seems like a little bit of the, uh, good with a little bit of the, a little bit of the bad, but before we, we, we kind of get into the nitty gritty of all of that, I'm really curious on what your reactions are on this new Muppet show Muppet now that it was announced this last week too. Have you, have you, have you gotten the, uh, the scoop on it? I have not gotten the scoop on it, but, uh, I definitely need to look into it for sure. Get excited. It It is a, it's a Disney plus exclusive. The way that they described it was that it was a short form unscripted kind of a series that wasn't hundred percent clear. If it, that means that it's going to be, completely improv and if it's going to be like five to ten minute shorts i'm I'm assuming that that's what that means but uh but regardless i mean i'm always down for a little more muppets oh yeah i mean that last show they had going was hilarious and uh it's it's, whenever i see like uh it see some uh muppet uh, stuff they're always so uh, it's very clever and well done um so uh, i definitely wanted to see more of that going on um so for sure that's i need to definitely look into that myself yeah it's uh it's one of those weird kind of forgotten it feels like it's forgotten it really isn't you see it kind of pop up here and there um but certainly from a theme park perspective it does feel like a a forgotten kind of a franchise that disney owns i mean there was that 
There was that movie. Uh, oh, there's been a couple of movies recently. I think the last one was kind of okay. That initial one uh, was uh, the the kind of reboot, if you will. I, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was great. But, you know, I don't, it's like, I guess there's still Muppet Vision 3D at Hollywood Studios at Walt Disney World. And they do have, uh, they do have, um, that barbecue place that just opened at Disney World as well. That is, uh, that is, what is it, Sam Eagle? I think that's the name of the eagle, but it's it's kind of oh, loosely, yeah, yeah. very lightly themed around uh, around Muppets. But I mean, we don't have Muppet Vision in California Adventure anymore, uh, which is nope. too bad. So, yeah, I mean, I, uh, I would totally be down with more of a Muppet presence uh, throughout any kind of. Disney medium, but certainly at the, at the California parks or any of the parks for that matter. I mean, they're, they're, they're some of my favorites. Oh yeah. And I think, uh, I guess it's the Kermit just turned 65. Something. I guess that sounds about right. It's, it's good timing to announce a new, uh, Muppet, uh, show. Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It sounds like it's a summer show, so we'll be finding out before too long. Well, you know, it was, I mean, we were talking a little bit about Shanghai uh, at the top of the show, but it uh, it was on January 24th that Shanghai Disney Resort became the first major theme park to close to COVID-19. Now on May 11th, it's become the first to reopen. And as we've been discussing their progress each and every week leading up to this, it's now very clear that the Shanghai Disneyland that just reopened isn't the same Shanghai Disneyland that we knew before. The big questions that we've all been wondering about, what are crowd levels going to look like? Is everything within the park going to open for business? How much is social distancing going to be reinforced? But really, what's a day at Disney even look like with these types of restrictions in place? These are All questions that every theme park goer has been asking themselves for months now. And with this opening, we finally have a few of those answers. For instance, tickets for Shanghai Disneyland's grand reopening phase went on sale on May 8th, and the full day passes sold out within minutes. So Henry, you and I were talking about how there was this question over like, are people going to flock back to the parks when everything reopens or they going to kind of take things slow and see how things are going in Shanghai. Anyway, they flocked to the parks. Now the Chinese government has asked for attendance to be limited to 30% capacity. And it sounds like Disney came in at around 25%, which ends up being at, uh, at around 20,000 guests. So capacity of course is limited, but the demand is definitely there. Huh? Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I think I expected that uh, people were going to flock to the park for sure. But I mean, especially at uh, 25 percent, it's it's going to be easier to fill that park. I'm not surprised. Yeah, I don't I don't think I am either, uh, though. I mean, it is it's a strange feeling regardless. But yeah, of course, like twenty five thousand or uh Sorry, 20,000 people. Totally. There will be 20,000 excited people that you're going to find that will be there day one. Um, So, yeah, the demand is still definitely there. And so right after sales opened up, the park released an official health and safety video detailing what ticketed guests can expect during the initial reopening period. 
New processes and procedures highlighted in this include social distance markings on the ground of all queues, passing through a health inspection checkpoint as you enter the resort area, which will consist of an automated temperature screening and mask check. You will then check in with a cast member who will send you to a security bag screening, which is still done by hand. Uh, strikes me as a little weird. I don't know how comfortable I feel with somebody, even if they're wearing gloves on, uh, rummaging through my bag, but that's still going on. You'll then be allowed in the park, but will have to follow additional health and safety procedures, such as social distancing on the rides themselves with specific seats and rows blocked off, hand sanitizer that guests are being asked to use whenever they exit an attraction, Character meet and greets are now being referred to as interactions and will be limited to them posing from a safe distance. Uh, in the video, they show uh, all of the characters kind of standing on the entrance overhang that kind of looks out over uh, people as they enter the park and everyone's waving. And that that's kind of an example of an interaction. <laughs> Some of the tables at cafes and restaurants will have cards marking them as unavailable for better enforcement of social distancing. And for merchandise, guests are being asked to only touch what they intend to purchase. Again, it's it's one of these things, and, and uh, perhaps in China, this is a little more easy to enforce. Um, we're going to talk about in a second about how some of these, if some of these can carry over into the U.S. Uh, I'd be very wary about people only touching what they purchase. They should be doing that anyway. I wish they did, but uh, they definitely don't. But we'll see, right? Yeah, that's kind of interesting because, I mean, you have to go through sizes and stuff of shirts. So Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point. If you're trying on clothes I'm, I'm guessing that's not going to be enforced and not a thing but uh <laughs> yeah i don't know mm. uh so yeah so for parades and nighttime spectaculars and theater shows those are going to remain closed for this initial phase they kind of have a um a very limited i don't know what it is like welcome ceremony to welcome people to this reopening that looks like it uses elements of their daytime parade uh, but um but it's much more limited. And again, you're kind of social distance from everything. So um, it's very stripped down. No parades, nighttime spectaculars or theater shows. And then for each week, assuming everything runs smoothly, uh, Shanghai plans on increasing guest attendance by 5,000 people. So just like what you were saying, uh, Henry, earlier, there was um, a pretty decent amount of initial reactions and and uh, lots of pictures and some press as well coming in. Seemed like everything on that first day went well, or at least as well as you would hope. I mean, I guess the challenge with this is uh, we'll know in two weeks how successful all of this is, right? Mm -hmm, for sure. But so far, so good. I think I've heard stuff about um, like you know, they require everybody to wear a mask. And I think the reaction on of that over here is that, yeah, I'm not going to go if, if I have to wear a mask. And it's like, well, that's going to limit some of those people that go in. But uh, I appreciate them putting in those kind of precautions right now. And that should help hopefully with these, with any kind of outbreaks happening. And especially with all the hand sanitizer being used. 
Yeah, that's right. For sure. So yeah, absolutely. It's uh, uh, masks were required in Shanghai as well. And, um, and then right after uh, they had their initial opening day, or, or at least it, even before that, once they announced that this park was opening and, and the initial procedures, the Disney Park's chief medical officer released a statement later in the week confirming that all of these methods that we were seeing rolled out for Shanghai Park uh, were also being explored for the U.S. parks. And then, just like what you were saying, there was an interview with Bob Chapek, uh, the CEO of Disney, on Friday on CNBC, where among just kind of a general update on uh, the company's financial uh, positioning, he did confirm that guests should expect that masks will very likely be a requirement when uh, the U.S. parks open up as well. Um, and then he said that the general timelines for everything in all of the parks around the world uh, in terms of not just the the initial opening, but then uh, the kind of phases that progress after that, uh, where the park continues to open up further, is all going to be dependent on, um, on guest responsibility. So uh, really imploring people that like, hey, if you're going to show up, be good and follow the rules or else you're going to kind of ruin it for everybody. Um, but yeah, the, the masks thing especially was, was an interesting one because I saw the exact same thing that you were talking about with, uh, with people saying, well, if that's going to be a requirement. I'm not going to go. Um, and I kind of get that. Sure. I mean, you're absolutely right that like if they're limiting that capacity to 20% anyway, then okay, no problem. You'll, make it easier for the people that are okay with that to get in. But, uh, but I also can't help but think like if these parks do open in July, man, I, nothing sounds worse than being in Orlando in the summertime and having to wear a mask the entire trip. I don't, I guess this also depends on like, uh, I don't know if, I, I don't know the particulars if you can wear your own mask or you have to wear a mask they provide. But if you have to wear your own mask, I think that's the uh, you need to make sure you have a good, you know, mask that's comfortable and that yeah. is maybe not as as uh, bad in, say, the heat. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I would imagine so once once these parks open well if we're to use shanghai as an example which i think makes total sense they've basically been saying look to shanghai for the kind of model that we want to emulate for the u.s parks and and the strategy that we're going to use to get everything rolling here um if we're to use that as an example they've been pretty good about uh communicating out to guests about what the procedures are going to be. So, I mean, it certainly didn't sound like, and I would be very surprised if anyone showed up on day one at Shanghai and like, wasn't aware that like, Oh, I need to have a mask or, Oh, I need my health QR code, which is also part of the Chinese specific requirements or, Oh, I need my temperature scan. I mean, these were all videos that if you reserved a ticket, then you at least got sent a link to this video. Um, and I imagine that there were emails and other follow-ups as well. So it's probably safe to assume that uh, 
that Disney's going to communicate that out. Like, Hey, if you have a reservation here at the park, this is what you need to know. <laughs> These are the rules that you're going to need to follow. Yeah. I mean, uh, my wife and I were talking about this and that, uh, especially talking to like making, uh, you know, talking about how the people were saying, well, if they require masks over here in the U S I'm not going to go. But I think one of those things that, uh, you know, she brought up is that, you know, a lot of times people, uh, regardless of whether they are told to do something, they say, well, I'm not going to do that. So they do it for a second so they can get in and then they tur- they are going to take it off. And I think she's uh, hoping that uh, they, uh, that the cast members or I guess security, uh, feel are empowered enough to, you know, uh, deal with those people accordingly and, you know, hopefully like eject them from the park, uh, because, um, too often, you know, you, they are told to kind of just like turn a blind eye to it, uh, or they're too worried that there may be repercussions for their job. But uh, I think this is one of those times where they need to be empowered enough to like, hey, you got to put that back on, you know, or you're out, you know. So it's I hope they have like something like in the works, maybe even like something you have to sign so that, uh, you know, they can kick you out if you're not applying abiding by the rules. I mean, I, I one has to imagine that that will be uh, that that they will be empowered to enforce some kind of ejection policy should people break those kinds of rules, right? Like if people are, um, you know, if people are actively <laughs> doing things that are putting people at risk. Uh, you know, I mean, I've, I've, I've certainly heard stories of like Disney kicking people out because they were smoking in a no smoking area. This is when there were smoking areas in Disneyland. Um, Mm. and that was just like, Hey, you're disturbing other guests, uh, you know, uh, vacation or their time or whatever. You're unpleasant to the other guests in the area in addition to just breaking policy. But, uh, in this case, there's obviously more, more at stake, but, um, but I think in addition to that, too, it's like, you know, to echo what Chapik said in his interview, a big part of this whole reopening plan, whenever it rolls out, be, uh, you know, being successful is that uh, is that guests are being responsible. And, you know, like I said, it's it's one of those things we've talked about and it's, it's clear how important getting these parks open and getting them open safely, how important that is to the business of Disney. Um, and so, you know, if, if they're in a situation where they have to close these parks down again, or there's risk of closing these parks down again, or you have an even worse situation of like images coming out of people just like blatantly breaking rules uh, at Disney World or Disneyland or whatever park opens up, um, it's going to be a major problem for them. So you have to imagine that they're gonna they're gonna be very aggressive about this. 
to the point that, like I said, it's like, you know, it's, it's, uh, I would not be surprised if it's communicated out really, really heavily when, uh, when the parks do reopen and you have a confirmed reservation, uh, and you know, to your point as well, it's like, I'm sure they will have masks for people. If they see you without a mask, they'll probably give you a mask at first. But, you know, I mean, I think there's, there's a difference between, maybe like standing in a no standing zone when you're waiting in a queue, you know, they, they have these, they have these markings in terms of where you can and can't stand. It's like, it's, it's, it's perhaps going to be acceptable if someone is, is standing in a no standing zone. Um, different if they're into the park and then take their mask off, maybe they'll get a warning and then they're gone. But I don't know, man, they, they, you know, they see all at Disney. Oh yeah. Oh, that's definitely for sure. They, they do see everything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think they will, um, be, uh, very, you know, will be empowered to uh, eject people because I mean, these aren't, uh, these rules would be put in place for people's lives, not just for Disney, but to protect people's health. Um, so I definitely believe they will, but you know, there's always that, you know, I always worry about that one person, even though generally I think in, in Disneyland, you, in Disney world at the theme parks, you, people are generally on their better behavior, but there's always those incidents of people that, uh, you know, want to just buck the system and, right. They just have to rebel, but in the stupidest way possible. Uh, and in this case, you know, generally, I, I, you know, I'm not so bad, you know, eh, whatever, you know, they're, they're having their fun as long as it doesn't affect. This is actually literally will impact other people uh, in their health. So, right. yeah. Well, so what do you think is a, it, what, what do you think is an acceptable method to approach someone that is doing that like is it a you know if you're seen in the park without your mask on it's an auto ejection or is it a warning or is it a couple of warnings like what what do you think makes sense for um for that guest policy when it comes to masks i think it at least they uh, there should be at least one warning at, at least and i think it also depends on the situation like you know who knows what happened maybe they got off a ride and they feel sick so they f- needed air or something so they took off their mask i think that maybe is you know a time to be a little bit lenient but maybe give them a warning uh but i think if they get confrontational about it then like then i think that it should be just an automatic ejection if they if they you know are apologetic about it and they're like sure you know let me put my mask back on oh i didn't you know this you know i think maybe there should be some leeway with it but uh i think if people are just brazenly doing it uh you know i think then there should be just like maybe one warning and then out but you know i don't think it should be too strict but you know this is people's lives at risk too though 
yeah, I mean, it's definitely it's definitely a, a fine balance there. Um, I do wonder though, like, what's more, what's going to be worse, the uh, for somebody that is blatantly and flippantly kind of not wearing a mask per se, um, in a situation like that, is it? Do you have to worry more about? security being too strict or loose or do you have to worry more about other guests kind of getting in this other person's face about it um i have a feeling that's going to be that's going to be a reality too right oh yeah i definitely believe that too because i mean not only are you dealing with like i mean yeah this security for sure but then uh people have their children there and potentially like you know elderly there and those people you know you never know how how protective somebody's gonna be and uh yeah i mean that is a reality too that uh they need to be wearing a mask not just for uh you know other people's health but for their own health because somebody might jump on them too if they if they uh are being uh, irresponsible yeah for sure man So with all of this in mind, in terms of what Shanghai is putting into place uh, in terms of additional safety measures and, um, you know, limiting the capacity and ensuring that everybody has kind of reservations going in and temperature checks and masks required and all of this, um, you had mentioned previously that you would be hesitant to be within that first wave that you were more inclined to kind of wait things out. Do any of these policies change your mind? Actually, I'd say yes at this point. Really? Like it sounds like they did uh, really button things up. I mean, they just addressed a lot of stuff that I don't even get when I go into a grocery store here now. So, uh, uh, I think it's actually pretty good measures that they put in place so far. Well, you heard it here, folks. Henry Hall, he's going to Disney World. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's not necessarily like uh, I don't want to go. Uh, there's a money issue in, involved in that. So. Uh, oh, sure, sure, yeah. sure. So, so that's that's more of it than I'd say, like you know, health wise. Fair enough. Well, uh, speaking of Disney World, hot on the heels of Shanghai, they had a little announcement themselves in that Disney Springs is going to begin a phased reopening on May 20th. Going along with local medical and governmental guidelines, a handful of third-party run shops and restaurants will start things off. As of now, the confirmed list includes Wine Bar George, STK Orlando, Wolfgang Pucks, and haagen Ice Cream. And uh, the Disney Food Blog um, actually detailed out what some of Wine Bar George's new policies are going to be when they open up. Um, they're going to include even stricter food safety and sanitation standards, all team members being required to pass a health check before their shift, social distancing guidelines to be followed for both indoor and outdoor seating, place settings, tables, chairs, utensils, and condiments in both dining areas and common areas will be sanitized after each use. All menus will be contactless with guests asked to view 
them with their own personal devices and contactless payment will be encouraged, but not required. Um, so if following the Shanghai Disney resort model and barring any setbacks, of course, there would be around a two month gap between limited resort operations starting back up. So like Disney Springs or the hotels or any of these other services and the theme parks themselves reopening. It seems like this is the model that's currently in use as Disney World also announced that they are now accepting reservations for after July 1st. And I think they do, they do still have some June reservations in as well, um, but uh, we'll see if those if those stick. But yeah, so it's seeming like, uh, assuming that you know there's no major new outbreaks or no other major issues, that a July park reopening is possible. Um, and then there's another note with that, along with Disney Springs, it appears that parts of Universal Orlando's CityWalk may also be reopening soon. While there hasn't been an official announcement from Universal, employees for both Starbucks and Margaritaville are reporting that they're being asked to expect a May 11th opening. So some kind of movement in Orlando. Significant. Yeah, I mean, I guess that would have been today, so uh, I haven't heard anything from out of that. But uh, yeah, it's nice to hear actually some plans in place for actual opening uh, of parts in the U.S. and then uh, actual follow-up timeframes of when we can expect maybe potential openings of the parks. It will be interesting to see that timeline. So a couple of things that, um, that I definitely found interesting from that too. So it's specifically it's third party shops. So no Disney owned places. It's all being run specifically from, uh, from other companies that are serving food or some kind of service. So still, I mean, it's like a Disney property, which is good. Um, I think I mean, it's the same kind of deal with Disney town in Shanghai. It's, it's mostly made up of third party, uh, businesses, but, um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, again, it's, it's like, hopefully things are going to move there. It seems like, again, I would question kind of what crowd levels are going to be like. It is very limited and it's also a more limited scope than what Shanghai did when they kind of reopened, um, their their kind of other services because they had they had hotels that were open to or at least hotel dining with that so we'll just have to see but moving along still no downtown disney news or anything from california so yeah i think uh it may still be a while before i mean at least uh, i expect uh they're gonna wait and see how uh reception in florida happens like what what they uh, can maybe expect here in uh, California. I don't know if any of those issues that uh, the like beaches things that happened in, uh, in LA area, if that may have impacted the opening of downtown Disney here in California is maybe causing them to pause. I mean, cause technically it's not just Disney, but also, uh, uh, Universal's uh, Hollywood, uh, their city walk potentially could have opened too, but we haven't heard from them either. So uh, it's potentially because of that uh, whole debacle with the uh, 
the beaches may have caused them to to hold off on that for a little bit longer. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I mean, the, the one thing that we've heard time and time again from Disney leadership and, and again, Chapik just recently is, uh, is that they're going with s- local and state guidelines. So they're not using kind of a general blanket approach to reopening anything. It's, it's just kind of based off of, based off of what local regulations are. And so it, it does set up that possibility and and likelihood that we're going to see both Disneyland and Disney World open uh, open on completely different time frames. Most likely with Disney World opening first. It's what we're seeing with with Disney Springs, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that like you've mentioned before is that in Florida you they can more easily manage crowds and uh put things measures in place to uh to minimize crowds and uh so it's it makes sense that they started in uh florida plus i think uh here in california they we've been a bit more strict with some of uh the uh actually stay at home rules and stuff so uh so yeah yeah well no word on downtown Disney in California, but we do have some movement towards reopening at Disneyland Resort in California because they did announce that construction has resumed on both Avengers Campus and Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. It is very limited in terms of uh, what is actually being worked on. The OC Register is reporting that the work is being done, though by a small group of essential workers. And specifically, the focus is on a very limited range of tasks. So the examples called out include weatherproofing aspects of Avengers Campus and receiving steel deliveries at the runaway railway site in Toontown. Um, Also mentioned is that refurbished work on Haunted Mansion, Snow White, and King Arthur's Carousel has not resumed and is still on indefinite hold. So uh, all of those refurbishments are still not picking up, but moving in moving in a positive direction at least with some kind of some kind of construction here yeah that hurts uh, <laughs> cuz i want those refurbishments done <laughs> so uh before we actually make any kind of trips down there uh but it, like you said it's it's good that uh, some work is now finally being done i uh, I wonder if now that they are doing some stuff, at least they can, they should be able to work maybe even more quickly because they don't have to worry about uh, crowds or anything like that. Because I, I think they limit like how much work they do during the day because as to not uh, interrupt guests. But uh, right. But like you said, it's still they're still limiting what actual work is being done. So, uh, but. Some work is better than no work. Yeah, some progress. I mean, these are both, these are both, um, I mean, I guess Avengers Campus is certainly sooner rather than later uh, with that initial July 18th date that has since been moved out. But um, they're both kind of 
potentially kind of longer range. Certainly Mickey and Minnie's is much further out than Avengers Campus, but uh, but nothing that's going to immediately impact anything. And, and hopefully, if nothing else, you know, this doing this little bit of work, certainly on Avengers Campus, kind of minimizes the amount of time that things need to be pushed out. But uh, but we'll see the haunted mansion one. Uh, we've kind of talked a little bit about this. It's that's an interesting uh, situation that may kind of arise here, uh, just because you know it's been closed since um, since the end of the holiday season. So traditionally, uh, it it gets its major retheme from its original haunted mansion theme to. Nightmare Before Christmas, Haunted Holiday re-theme uh, right around that August, uh, sorry, September, October Halloween time frame and then remains that way until, what is it, like the first week of January or something like that? Yeah, it's um, like January 8th or somewhere around there. Right. And so, and then it closes for, usually it's only a week or so, a couple weeks maybe, uh, as they change everything back to Haunted Mansion. And so this year, of course, this is the year that they do this, uh, they decided that they were going to take a little bit more time and focus on uh, repairing and and refreshing some of the areas that have, have needed a little bit of extra maintenance. And so there was a much longer time frame applied to uh, to Haunted Mansion. I think it was supposed to be back up late spring, early summer, but... Uh, but it does raise the possibility that park could be reopening in time for Halloween. And so all of that work that they did to take out the nightmare before Christmas theming uh, might have to be undone and they might have to bring all of that back if they're going to actually have this thing opened uh, in time for Halloween and or holiday season. But as we've talked about as well, could totally miss that. I don't know, but it's uh, it's it. It's a pretty it's a pretty strange kind of a time frame that they're working with now. Oh yeah, I mean, at this point, who knows? But uh, either way, I just hope it gets done, and you know, I want to definitely check it out because you know that's one of our favorite rides for sure. What do you think the chances are that if uh, let's say the park reopens in? let's say September, October, what are the chances that they just skip the re-theme this year? I think it's about 50, 50 chances, you know, yeah, it, it's, it's really so much up in the air, but then I think, uh, I think technically, I think they would probably still re-theme it just because, um, they're going to want people coming for Halloween. And that's such a staple for Halloween now that uh right. i i think they they would still do it yeah yeah i could totally see them i, I mean i think what you're saying from a guest pers- uh experience certainly uh would be the way to go but i also see it that i mean it it, it all depends on the timing of everything of course right like it, it depends on when the parks reopen and then how much work remains on Haunted Mansion before it is, you know, good to go in terms of being able to ride. So um, if they're going to complete all of the maintenance that still remained, I mean, they still had, uh, they still had, 
I don't know, uh, another, what, month, two months to go before it was supposed to reopen, uh, having closed in mid-March. So, um, so we'll see. I mean, maybe, maybe we'll luck out and they'll, you know, move on to, uh, all of this, all, all of these refurbs next while the parks are still closed. That would be ideal. But, you know, if, if, if it's looking like you're only going to get a month or maybe a little bit more month and a half of that re-theme, I could totally see them skipping it um, just because it's such a limited kind of time frame. And I mean, honestly, I, I also see it being in a situation where we already know that guests certainly most likely through the remainder of the year into next year, there's going to be capacity limitations. So it's not like you're talking about tons and tons of guests that are going to come through and see it, but then also, you know, you get into the idea that like, you know, with, with all of this, um, the massive kind of financial hit that Disney is an entire company, but especially the parks division has, is going to be taking, uh, over the last few and the next couple of quarters into the foreseeable future, you could totally see them getting into a situation where they're like, oh man, we've, we've got to start pinching some pennies, <laughs> you know, maybe scale back on some of the, uh, some of the other ideas that we had. And really, I mean, I think the parks opening themselves just period are probably going to be enough to draw crowds in, uh, at least that 20, 30, 40% capacity, uh, level that, you know, that we're most likely going to see. So, so I don't know. I mean, it would be great. I of course would love to see it. Uh, just like what you're saying, it's become a yearly tradition for, I think everybody that visits the park during that time frame. but man, it's just like, I think everything is on the chopping block. You know, if there, if there is a, are they going to do this or are they not? And if it's even close to being a 50, 50, at least this year, I fall more into the like, they're not going to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I think, uh, honestly, what I really think would be the telltale sign is that if they try and do uh, Mickey's not scary, not so scary Halloween party, I, I think if they do that, if they try and put one of those on, I think it'll, it'll be converted over. If they don't try and put it on, then I think the potential is that more than likely they're not going to do the conversion. Do you think that it's the, so with the re-theme kind of straddling two different holidays being Halloween and that kind of holiday Christmas time, do you think that, could you see a situation where they don't, where let's say Mickey's Halloween, or Mickey's Halloween party happens and it's not re-themed, but then they do retheme it for holiday time after Halloween. I don't think so. I I don't think if because I mean the uh, Mickey's not so scary Halloween party is a paid event that they generally charge people for, and uh, I think that the money to get people in or the idea to get people into the, uh, the park to pay that extra ticket would be like the incentive. They would want to do it for that. But if they don't do, uh, if they decide not to do it for Halloween, then I don't see them doing it for, uh, 
the holidays because then what is the incentive? Because the holidays, they don't charge. They don't have an event that they charge extra for unless they start a new one. I mean, I guess there's that potential to do that. But uh, I think uh, I think the idea, like, I think the Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party more likely they're not going to do if they do it they wouldn't have the uh trick-or-treat trails or they would have to come up with something completely different um but you know you're gonna have to come up with enough stuff to like validate people like paying that extra ticket price and uh i think if they don't have enough that would be one of those things that people would expect so are you looking at then haunted holidays being kind of like the as the main kind of draw or a major draw of the paid event the Halloween party because certainly I mean you can access it outside of that party and I mean the other major draw of the party is just everybody else has to leave and you kind of have the park to yourself right Yeah well I don't think it's necessarily the main draw but it's like it's kind of one of those part of the package draws. So like if, you know, whenever they like talk about like Mickey's not so scary Halloween party, of course they always add that as like, Oh, you know, the, the haunted Halloween, uh, haunted holiday, uh, conversion of the, uh, haunted mansion as being one of the, one of the, uh, bonuses of coming to it but uh like it's just one of those things that um if you don't have that uh you're running out of things to like justify for well for people to justify that extra uh expenditure of the of a ticket yeah and i think if it was a normal kind of year then i think you're totally right uh but I think this year where it's like, hey, you haven't been to the park for, you know, depending on when everything opens up, like multiple months, like we've been totally closed. And and by the time that Haunted Mansion even opens up, it'll be like four, five, six months that you haven't seen anything. Um, So I almost feel like that in and of itself, just to say, hey, you can still access everything, but if you pay $80 or whatever a ticket to a Halloween party is, you get even more time with it. And you haven't seen it in so long, so you probably want to ride it a few extra times anyway. Um, I, I almost see that as being for the, for the 20, 30, 40% of normal capacity people that are in there at that time, which are most likely going to be not the casual Disney fans that go to uh, this this year's kind of reopening, but also even more so this year's paid ticket events. That may be incentive enough. I mean, I guess I guess the question would then be, or the question that I would pose to you would be, is is there no Halloween party if there's no retheme? Oh no, I don't think there. I, I don't think it's necessary that they would not do a Halloween party. We also need to remember too is that last year's Halloween party was in California Adventure, not in right. Disneyland. So that's right. 
Oogie Boogie Bash, right? Yeah. There was no extra um, time with uh, Haunted Mansion. But I think it, it's still a draw for Halloween. But I, I mean, I'm, you know, I totally agree that it's a good, good potential that they won't do the re-theme this year. Uh, that would be uh, unfortunate, but uh, I think, yes, uh, just having the park open is going to be probably enough. We'll, well, I think definitely will be enough to draw people uh, to the park. So, but uh, still... I mean, it, I think it just really comes down to that's always been one of the selling points for the, the Halloween party was the uh, the re-theme for the Haunted Mansion. But still. Totally. Yeah. I mean, it's like it. I mean, it, not only that, it's like one of one of those really unique things about Disneyland that that sets it apart, certainly from Disney World and many of the other Disney parks is that. You know, we do have these kind of holiday specific rethemes of of certain rides that like really change the overall experience. You know, the the whole story around why Disney World and, and Magic Kingdom didn't get their uh their holiday retheme of uh haunted holiday was that there was concern that people showing up during that time period would uh you know that are on vacation maybe only get to come once every year or two years or maybe once in a lifetime are going to want to ride that original and have a general expectation of what that experience should be when you ride the haunted mansion um and that being less of a concern at disneyland because of the local uh presence and and how heavy that the the local guests are um, there were, they were much less concerned about that. And so because of that, I guess all of the, all of the retheming materials that were built for Disney world went out to Tokyo, which is why they also have a haunted holiday, uh, retheme there as well, because they have a very similar haunted mansion as Disney world's. So, yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that sets Disneyland apart. So certainly if, if it can happen, I mean, who's going to complain about it? I, I do think though that, and maybe it's not going to be this year. Maybe it's not going to be the next year. It might not be for these, um, these, this initial wave of refurbishments and new rides, but we are probably going to start getting into a period of maybe just kind of a slimmer operational machine in terms of, uh, the general parks, you know, we're coming out of this huge boom in terms of construction and and just kind of plussing up of every single Disney park around the world. And after this major event that's caused the company tons of money, um, which, of course, they're eventually going to recoup. But, um, you know, I, I could totally see it just being like, all right, we're going to we're going to chill out on park improvement for the next few years. Uh, recoup some of this cost and then maybe revisit stuff kind of going forward. Um, and so, you know, any of these, any of these kind of, will they, won't they? Um, I almost feel like, like I said, uh, for the next few years, they're going to lean more towards the, they won't uh, kind of, uh, kind of decision-making. Hopefully I'm wrong, but I, I have a bad feeling about it. I have a bad feeling about this, Henry. Yeah, well, I think, I think some what we'll what we'll see is we'll see like 
minor improvements or changes. So like they're putting in all these rides that are kind of similar to uh, like, you'll see updates like Star Tours where they add a little bit in to the uh, the video. So there's like a new uh, area to visit uh, in maybe in, uh, in one of these rides uh, where like say the uh, in the uh, smugglers run, there's something added right. to it that uh, yeah. wasn't there before. So I think that's the type of stuff that you'll, you'll see more added to it, which I think they've been kind of planning on doing. So yeah, I agree. It's going to, we're going to get to a point where it's going to definitely be slowing down on adding stuff. But what you'll see is additions that are kind of like snuck in or, or at least are added to it to kind of freshen it up, but aren't as like, uh, don't stand out as, as much to people, you know, they do a special, like, Star Wars like uh, update that, and they they announce it and everything so you can go and check it out but it's not on the scale of like a new ride opening up. What you're telling me, Henry, is that we may be a few years still off from New Tomorrowland at Disneyland. That may have gotten pushed off. Oh, I it, unfortunately I think that is the case. <laughs> always always gets pushed off oh well one can dream henry the year of dreams will return again someday well i mean maybe you and i'll maybe you and i'll be around to see it <laughs> well maybe at least by the time they get up get around to it they've really got everything like nailed down so it's it'll be just mind-blowingly amazing or or just maybe the people mover track will just crumble on its own from just neglect and force them to do something. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I want to go that far because more than likely somebody would get hurt in that situation and you might have like the land just closed down. <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't, we never advocate for that. We'll see. Well, uh, just kind of rounding out um, other park news. Uh, or other Disney park news. Uh, so Disneyland Paris, uh, the management team over there has released a an FAQ intended for cast members, which details out some of the information that we've been kind of asking and wondering about. Uh, WDW, WDW News Today has done us a solid and posted the full transcript of this FAQ, which includes a couple of nuggets, including... Uh, that ban on public gatherings of over 5,000 people that lasts through December, which we kind of talked about a little bit last week, um, that is not believed to uh, uh, actually apply to the resort. There wasn't definitive. There wasn't a definitive statement as much as the management team saying that they don't believe that that applies to them. So at least I guess there's the potential that maybe it won't go through September at Disneyland Paris. Uh, but the government is expected to discuss plans for the reopening of bars and restaurants at the end of May. Uh, and that'll play a big part into when the shops within 
Disney Village can start working towards reopening. Um, Disney Village is, of course, there. Disney Springs, downtown Disney, what have you. The other little nugget to come out of Disneyland Paris with this FAQ is that um, Hotel New York, The Art of Marvel, which will be Disney's first Marvel-themed hotel when it eventually does open, has been delayed, was originally scheduled to be open this summer. However, the COVID-related construction stoppages throughout the country has forced the project to be put on hold. Um, a refund or vouchers being offered to anyone with a canceled reservation. It's looking like they have pushed reservations off until, uh, I believe it was October. So potential that maybe that's uh, that's when that hotel will be open. That, um, that hotel, by the way, is in the old Hotel New York Hotel, which is kind of like an Art Deco-themed um, resort area within Disneyland Paris that was kind of just okay, but it's been part of this larger, massive um, revamp of the entire resort. And so uh, that they were going to get a Marvel hotel to go with their Avengers campus whenever uh, that shows up as well. So that hopefully will be really awesome when it opens up. So kind of a bummer that it's delayed a little bit, but uh, but looking forward to kind of hearing about it a little bit more once uh, once things get moving. You'd stayed at a Marvel hotel, wouldn't you, Henry? Yeah, uh, I definitely would. If you know, depending on the price range of it, uh, I, w- I wonder if they're going to yeah. do stuff like uh, they do in the the new Star Wars themed hotel. Uh, oh, yeah, the Battle Cruiser. Yeah, where they have like the the whole idea is that you actually spend a day or two in just the hotel because they're running special like events and uh, stuff like that in, in the actual hotel itself, which is kind of a, a weird thought for me just cause you know, usually I don't stay at the hotel for very long other than just to sleep. But uh, right. let me put it this way though, man, if you're dropping two G's a night, you're staying at the hotel. Well, yeah. Uh, but then I think too, if if I can afford to drop two G's a night, maybe I don't care. <laughs> but uh, true. But if it was Marvel, for sure, I would I would definitely like check out whatever they have going because uh, there's just so much you could do with that. And and I just want to know what what they consider a Marvel themed hotel to be. Like, you know, are they just going to have Marvel decorations around, or what does that actually? What does that look like? <laughs> it's a good question. I mean, I uh, I feel relatively confident enough to say that it will not be at the level of a battle cruiser. Um, at least the little bits of 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 art that they've shown off uh, and the little bits of information doesn't suggest that that's possible. Though, uh, you know, certainly if um, if Star Wars battle cruiser does blow up. Uh, and is super popular and is just slammed constantly with rave reviews. I guess there's always the potential that we certainly could see more of that concept and and potentially applied at uh, at any of these Avengers Campus areas. I do think it is more of just kind of an aesthetic, um, uh, maybe beyond kind of a, a coat of paint, but it's more of just it's kind of themed loosely around Marvel characters. 
Uh, it seems like it seems like it's mostly what they're doing with Hotel New York is um, is a renovation plus kind of retheme. So they're keeping the general idea that it's kind of a New York classic New York Art Deco themed hotel, um, but you know you can kind of loosely associate that with. Marvel because, you know, a lot of that takes a, a few of the major superheroes are kind of based around that Manhattan area, right? Oh, yeah. I know. Uh, most of Marvel is based around in uh, the New York area. So, yeah. So I think I think that's probably where where they're going to take that. But uh, but I don't know. I mean, there's definitely to your point, there's definitely opportunities there, right? Oh, yeah. But I mean, I was just thinking, like, what if, what, I mean, if they had like, uh, themed rooms and stuff like that, or, or what, what they do, who, I mean, does, do people look forward to staying in the danger room? I mean, (laughs) (laughs) or do you fear? I don't know. Like, maybe that's, (laughs) yeah, I don't know, man. Maybe that's like a, uh, Maybe that's like a, a the rec room is like the danger room, right? That maybe you don't sleep in, but instead of going to the gym, you just go to the danger room. Oh yeah, yeah, that would actually make a lot of sense. <laughs> so yeah, we'll 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 see. I mean, it's uh, it's cool. I mean, when I was in when I was in Disneyland Paris at the end of 2019, um, I was pretty happy with just generally uh the range of hotels that they offered i believe that new york is kind of in that moderate um range of hotels so uh you know may not be it may not be super expensive though perhaps that's going to change as as many things do with uh disney when a refurb occurs all of a sudden prices start going up so certainly possible that that uh that that could change but um but yeah, my initial my initial impression with Disneyland Paris was that you know if you're if you're good about booking early that you can get some really really reasonable deals in terms of hotels. So hopefully that uh, that ends up being the case here too. And then finally, looking at the Tokyo and Hong Kong parks, starting to look like they're both headed in opposite directions. So with Japan's state of emergency extended until the end of May, the Tokyo Disney Resort has now extended their closures until further notice. And the Oriental Land Company has now stated that decisions around reopening won't be made until after the state of emergency has been lifted. So, Not great news out of uh, Japan, but on the other hand, Hong Kong Disneyland appears to be primed for a reopening announcement any day now. In addition to implementing similar health and safety procedures as Shanghai Disney, Hong Kong's Explorers Lodge and Hollywood Hotel have now begun accepting reservations for May 15th and beyond. So, I mean, I would not be surprised if the next time we... Uh, get together to record next week's episode um, that we are talking about the reopening date of Hong Kong Disneyland. It sounds like that's happening. And then also, I mean, with uh, Shanghai, everybody, I think all these parks are just going to fall in line 
following their example. And I mean, unless something really bad happens between now and the next recording, I think, yeah. The fact that they are taking reservations for May 15th, which is in a few days from now, is pretty indicative that they at least feel comfortable enough to begin that level of operation. Uh, and just to put it into perspective, I mean, Hong Kong Disneyland Resort is significantly smaller than Shanghai or Walt Disney World. I mean, it is the smallest of the parks specifically in terms of theme parks. Um, they have like three on-site hotels. I think there are three right now. Um, and one park, and that's pretty much it. So much, much uh, limited operation compared to other parks. So totally believable that that they could be moving much faster than what we saw at, or, or at least it's totally believable that the time frame between kind of limited operations and park opening could be compressed versus uh, Shanghai or Walt Disney World. So we'll see. But good news. It sounds like at least... Uh, at least they're they're ready to roll here. And then so so before closing things out, uh, I did want to loop back to Walt Disney World because that really does seem like it's going to be the first of the U.S. Disney parks anyway that is likely to open. Um, and so we've seen guests with upcoming on-site hotel reservations in June uh, that are reporting that they're receiving a survey asking uh, just general questions about their comfort level in a variety of situations. So it sounds like it's something that's pretty similar to kind of what we were seeing with Universal Orlando. It's just that these are with, as opposed to Orlando, uh, Universal, which was asking questions of um that was asking questions of annual pass holders this is more asking people that already have confirmed reservations so um these are people that are that are relatively already bought in or at least already have a vacation booked so um so luckily somebody over at WDW Magic Forum posted of the survey that was asked of them that they received so figured we could just go through it yeah i think uh it's it's interesting that they would i mean i i guess it makes sense to like these people already are planning to go so they've definitely are are bought into to a trip to walt disney world uh and i guess uh, at least with that uh questioning those people you're not dealing with you more likely i mean you might get a little bit wider uh, audience than just like uh, annual pass holders, which are more likely to be like locals. So, I don't know. It should be interesting, like what uh, kind of responses they get from this. Yeah, I, I think too. It's like if you have if you have a June reservation, either you've had it booked for a very long time, which I'm guessing most people probably fall within. Um, or you kind of, you know, rebooked or booked thinking like, maybe this isn't going to happen. Maybe it'll, it may be, you know, the parks will still be closed during this time, but maybe not. Maybe I'll luck out. Um, regardless, it's, it's probably safe to assume that people recognize that a June trip 
just may not happen and that there is risk involved in in uh in not just not just having that trip on the books but even traveling to the parks in june potentially could be a risky endeavor right oh yeah for sure so at least they're they're in that boat already so um it seems like based off of these questions you know it's it Disney's knowing full well that like, all right, you're already maybe a little skittish. So let's kind of see where you, where you fall in with some of these. So, um, so their initial kind of questioning here is, is asking guests to assume the following that stay at home and restrictions have been lifted and you are able to travel. No restrictions in central Florida prevent you from traveling to the area Travel providers on Central Florida attractions, including the Walt Disney World Resort, will have implemented a new set of health and safety measures, such as all employees and customers wearing face coverings, enhanced disinfecting and cleaning of facilities, limiting capacity and density of larger gatherings, etc. So, um, so part of this is saying, like, assume that you can get here and assume that we're going to do what we're saying that we're going to do so what if anything would make you more likely to keep your reservation at the walt disney world resort for june and so these are the options um so pace of new infections in florida is significantly reduced i would keep my reservation right yeah my household's job slash work situation stays at least as good as it is now Okay. My local government declares it is safe to travel. Sure. Proven virus treatment becomes available. Sure. I am able to schedule time off or personal schedules are better known. Sure. Federal officials declare it is safe to travel. Sure. Okay. Social distancing regulations are relaxed. That make you would that make you feel more comfortable to to keep your reservation if they're relaxed? Mm, no, <laughs> I think that that'd be one yeah. of those ones that that would uh, make it make me feel less comfortable. <laughs> yeah, I feel that way too. I'm like I I don't trust you. I don't trust you enough to relax them quite yet. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that one. So yeah, that's that's probably a no for me as well. Um, Health officials declare it as safe to travel. Okay. Pace of new infections in the area where I live is significantly reduced. Sure. More widespread testing is available. Okay. A variety of businesses in Central Florida reopen. Okay. Sure. And then a space for other and then nothing. Seems like a pretty standard list of like yeah okay um, uh, certainly all that would make me feel better right yeah i mean i don't know about the businesses just opening that seems kind of like well why are they opening i mean they could just be opening because you know whatever but uh but then again i guess it would it would uh not be a fun trip if you have to just stay right there and you can't like venture outside the, the area because nothing is open. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, most of that stuff is just like, sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I mean, 
it's like on one hand, I would imagine that probably most people's trip to Disney world is probably contained within that Disney world bubble. Probably doesn't go too far outside of that, but um, unless we're talking about Disney Springs, I suppose, but, uh, but it is definitely true that like in, and perhaps this is where that question is going is that, that kind of feeling of, well, if businesses are still closed, but we're open, how are people's, how are people's feeling of safety? Like, is that going to freak people out or are they going to feel like, well, we're, we're taking our safety and security more seriously than maybe some of these other businesses are, or because we don't apply to the rules in the same way that these other businesses do because we're a huge theme park um, and we're separated out from everybody that maybe, maybe that's okay or maybe that's not. But, um, but yeah, I, I do agree. Like in a situation where there's a lot of businesses that are still closed for either safety or regulation reasons and Disney world is open. That's, that does feel a little strange. I don't know. It would be weird if that, when you're on your vacation, that's the only thing that's open. But then also, um, I mean, some people, I guess, uh, their vacation is more than just, uh, the Walt Disney park. And, uh, and that would impact their trip. Like, Oh, we have to, we can only go here. So we're not gonna, we're not gonna feel comfortable going if that's the only place that we can actually go. Yeah. Well, and so looking at the, looking at the second section of this, it does speak to, kind of a little uh, a little bit more to maybe some of these discrepancies. So it's asking you to assume the following. Uh, so your stay-at-home restrictions have been lifted and you're able to travel. No restrictions in Central Florida prevent you from arriving at Disney World. And uh, all of these new sets of safety and health measures have been implemented. So this is asking, what if anything would make you consider canceling your Walt Disney World resort, uh, a hotel reservation for June. So if you were to find a better deal at an alternate destination, would you cancel your Walt Disney world hotel? Hmm. I don't know on that one. That's just, I mean, I think, uh, I mean, maybe the hotel, but I mean, are they saying that you weren't, you were not going to go to the hotel, but you were still going to go to the park or you're, not going to go to the hotel and you're not going to go to the park anymore. That's good question. I believe this is a completely different destination. So it's like, if you are, if you're maybe comfortable to travel and let's say you already have your Disney hotel and everything booked, but you see where it's like, Oh man, I can fly to Hawaii for $25. Would you consider canceling? I mean, that's a pretty extreme, but like, are you open to, are you open to canceling if it's just like you're finding an amazing deal? Because the reality is as soon as like things start lifting in terms of wider spread travel, I mean, you're going to see killer deals everywhere, right? I mean, it's, it's, it's weird because where you cancel your hotel and trip to go to see to Walt Disney World and instead go to Universal Orlando, that might be a possibility because that's kind of 
that is kind of comparing the same two uh, trips. I don't know. I think uh, for the most part, I think when you are looking at a trip to Disneyland or to Walt Disney World, that's a very specific type of trip. And even though something is cheaper, I mean, it's not going to compare to the same. It's not going to be the same experience. Uh, So I don't think that would that wouldn't probably change my trip. I think, too, it's like, you know, if you're booking a if you're booking a full package especially you know you you already have some level of money invested in there and it's not always super easy to completely uh you know change up your plans especially if it's a if it's like a a hard turn like going to a completely different uh area of the country or world but yeah even if it's like universal it's a that's a that potentially is a costly switch. So uh, fair enough. I think I'm in agreement. I, I probably would would uh, would hold on to it. Um, so let's say your booked Disney World Resort Hotel isn't open and you would have to move to a comparable hotel. Would you consider canceling your reservation? Uh, I think it would have to depend. It would depend on like what that comparable hotel is. I mean, is it another Disney hotel? Am I going to get the same type? Am I going to get the same service? I mean, I guess comparable would mean that I get the same service, but I, I I would like to know what my comparable hotel would be. (laughs) Sure. So potentially what you're saying is that might make you consider canceling. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Usually for me in the way that I travel, you know, I do a relatively high amount of research in terms of where I'm staying. There's usually a specific reason in terms of where I'm staying. Um, You know, it might be like, oh, I want, I want to use the Skyliner. So I'm staying at either Art of Animation or Pop Century or something like that. So, like, if it was, I'm staying at Pop Century and they're moving me over to Art of Animation, fine. Um, I'm guessing that they're probably going to stay in that same kind of price level. So it would be, you know, that value level of resort if I'm staying at Pop Century. But if they were to move me to, like, one of the all-star hotels that's kind of separated out from everything, then I probably would not be so thrilled with that. And I would say, yeah, I want to cancel. So, yeah, it's you're right. I mean, it. Depends on the details there. Um, So there are some restrictions in my home area, but they do not prevent travel. So this is a pretty realistic one. Like, let's say California, you're traveling from California to Florida for your trip in June. California is still shelter at home or still relatively locked down in a, in a, like a phase two or something like that. And, uh, you know, would you would you still feel comfortable traveling, or would you consider canceling your booking? That's tough. I think at that point, I'd have to know what the whole like situation is as far as like how outbreaks have been, because the it's not necessarily like I think uh, I actually feel safer at maybe one of the parks than actually flying. <laughs> uh, 
So, right. I mean, I think it's, I'd have to know what the, the travel, uh, situation is like. So I think that's, that's a maybe. But you'd consider it. You'd consider canceling. Yeah, I'd consider. So the next few are all around infections. So uh, I'll kind of bunch them all together here. But if there are, you know, if, if the rate of new infections significantly increases either in central Florida or your current location, would you consider canceling? I think if in my area it's, uh, there's been an outbreak. I think I want to get out of that area, so I probably wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> but if if there was a, a outbreak in Florida, then I definitely would consider canceling. Yeah, for sure, right? So if there's an increase in your area, you're raising the potential that you're bringing it to everybody else in Central Florida. Yeah, I think... I think if I was infected, I would already like, if I knew I was uh, infected, uh, I definitely wouldn't be traveling. So I think, uh, I don't know if that's, I I mean, I think you're, uh, that's potential, but I think they need to put something in. I think it would definitely, uh, they should have something in place to block me from getting in if I would be sick. But I think, I think I would have to, I would judge if I knew I was potentially infected, I would not travel in that situation. So I definitely would cancel, but fair enough. So let's say there are no, there are no central Florida theme parks open. Would you still, so I'm, I'm like the way to read this would be like, if the theme parks aren't open, but the resorts are, would you cancel your reservation? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yeah, me too, for sure. Only some Florida theme parks are open. So like, let's say Disney is open, Universal isn't. Would that impact whether or not you would want to go to Disney? No, I think uh, there's enough uh, Disney theme parks uh, to keep me occupied. I mean, it might be a downer because I definitely would like to check out the Universal Orlando, but you wouldn't be like, uh, you wouldn't be thinking like, what do they know that Disney doesn't? No, I mean they're dealing with their own situation because who knows like what their timeline was when they started getting. They're just not ready, and Disney was maybe ahead of the game. So I, I don't think that would be necessarily an issue for me. It's just I think it, it all comes down to like if you're trusting Disney or not. I think I'd still be fine with that. Got it. Uh, What if you are required to make reservations at attractions? So like everything is fast pass plus. So in that you have basically before you arrive, you have to make your reservations for your like specific times to ride your rides or it's like all virtual queue. I think I would be, I would be fine with that. Not canceling because of that. Let's say, Select rides, shows, or other entertainment experiences within or outside the parks are not available. Would you consider canceling your reservation? Hmm. I might consider canceling. I definitely would. <laughs> I mean, there's a, so there's, there's, um, there is another section to the survey that opens up if you select that. 
uh, option, um, but which we'll read next. But it's like, I'm curious the person that would say that at least to a as broad of a question as that is like, no, I'd be fine regardless. It's like, dude, what if like <laughs> what if half of the rides are closed? What are you doing? Yeah, I mean, it's it's so uh, so broad that, yeah, it's definitely something like, wow, what do you mean by this? Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't help but not consider canceling your reservation. Yeah. Uh, and then so with that, dining options, bars, or shopping are limited. Would that make you cancel? Probably, right? Probably. Yeah. Or at least consider. Mm. Uh, let's say Florida beaches are closed or have limited availability. Would that affect your decision in any way? No. Let's say that there are new passenger requirements for flying that are ridiculously cumbersome. Specifically, they say too cumbersome, but that's pretty, that's pretty relative. So like, let's just say that it's, it is, uh, it is really, really cumbersome. There's there's a ton of extra, you know, garbage that you have to go through TSA now uh, in order to fly. Would that affect your reservation? Huh. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it, uh, it, I'd have to, I might consider it, but uh, I mean, I already am not a huge fan of flying just because of the, size of the seats and whatnot um regular cavity searches well no i don't know about you that don't have that when you fly no <laughs> <laughs> must just be me i definitely have been pulled out of line for the the random search multiple times so yeah yeah you that, seem suspicious so i i believe that and i've definitely had my stuff gone through uh, like bags I've checked in. Oh, this bag has been checked. It has been uh, searched. Uh, thanks for that. But um, I don't know. I, I might consider it. Yeah. So going along with the too cumbersome or just very cumbersome question, this time it's the mandatory safety precautions visitors must take to experience Central Florida attractions are too cumbersome. So this goes along with what we were talking about with like face masks, people saying too much for me. Is that too much for you, Henry Hall? Would that make you consider your canceling your trip? Well, I think if you consider them as cumbersome, then that would probably be a yes. But I mean, that's a weirdly worded yeah. question in that because <laughs> if, if you can, it, I'd have to see here, like see an actual example of what to consider cumbersome because yeah you know that may not be cumbersome to me that might become cumbersome yeah, yeah. to somebody else so that's just such a an oddly worded question well it's like the answer is baked into the question too right if it's yeah. too cumbersome then like by definition i would consider canceling my trip yeah because it's too much <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah. Uh, but I mean, I think it's safe to say, so keeping it broad, I mean, um, you know, like, let's just say for you, whatever that is for you, we don't even have to detail it. If, if 
you look at the requirements for traveling to Walt Disney World, um, specifically, uh, you know, for Central Florida, and your initial thought is like, oof, that's going to be a real pain. <laughs> Let's just say whatever that is, if that's your initial reaction, would you consider canceling your trip? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I think I would too. And so, like I was saying, there was that for the, if certain rides are canceled, would you consider canceling? There's an offshoot from that now. Um, and we don't have to get too into detail, but so specifically, I'll, well, the question is like, what attractions and rides, if we were to cancel, uh, would cause you to rethink your trip? And so there's like five spaces, but I guess the, the so I'll just, I'll, I'll shrink the question down and just let's say one, like if there was one thing that was canceled within Walt Disney world that would really make you rethink your trip, what would it be? Like, what is the, what is the big thing that in thinking about that trip to Disney world that you're like, would be most excited about? Wouldn't, wouldn't dream of missing. Are we just saying Walt Disney World or Hollywood Studios included in that? Or yeah, all of Disney World. They're, they're not. They're not asking to specify here. Okay, I'd say like uh, most of the stuff that I would be interested in seeing would probably be like uh, like uh, Mickey's Runaway Runaway Run <laughs> Runaway Railway. <laughs> I know it's getting late. It's getting late. <laughs> this is what we're doing a late night recording here, folks. <laughs> uh, that would probably be a, uh, a a reason to cancel because that would be one of the big reasons to go for me. Uh, or even, I guess, Toy Story Land. Definitely like Slinky Dog. Yeah, that's a good one. I think definitely I, I really want to ride Slinky Dog. Would that make me cancel my trip? Uh, probably not, but yeah, Mickey and Minnie's would probably make me reconsider. I don't know if I would for sure cancel it, but it would make me reconsider flight of passage in animal kingdom probably would. Oh yeah. Cause I really want to ride that. I've never ridden. I've never been to animal kingdom. So, uh, it's like a major glaring spot. It's embarrassing for me to, to say that, but Somehow I managed to hit up every single Disney park around the world except for Animal Kingdom and and uh, Hollywood Studios and Epcot. Those are like my big blind spots. It's strange, but that's 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 where it's at. So hopefully this year uh, I can cross them off. But definitely Flight of Passage would be up there. It's it's been something I've been wanting to check out for a while, along with the rest of Pandora, of course. But uh, but specifically that ride. So yeah. Yeah, I agree, because cause those are also, uh, yeah, I definitely want to check out. I, I'm in the same boat as you, as I've never been to Hollywood Studios. I've never been to Animal Kingdom or Epcot. Uh, I've been to Walt Disney World, but I've never been to the, those those parks, and I definitely want to see Pandora for sure. So this next question is actually right up your alley then. So there's like a whole, they have a whole list of kind of central Florida activities, let's say. And, uh, and then they've got columns that are just time frames that you would feel 
generally comfortable returning to that activity uh, or attraction. And so there's there's a now column in the next month, in the next two to three months, in the next four to six months, and then more than six months from now. And so I'm not going to read all of them, but um, I'm I imagine that this is a way for them to pinpoint where where are people's comfort zones with the theme parks in relation to their comfort zones to other activities so if uh they're they're really comfortable going to a concert but not comfortable going to a theme park and they're getting a lot of data around that then perhaps disney wants to look into like well what's making people more comfortable going to that as opposed to coming here um it's just my educated guess but let's just uh let's just go with a couple of these so for visiting a theme park slash amusement park what's the kind of time frame given kind of everything that you know and making those general assumptions that what they've said are going to be in place are in place like what kind of time frame would you even feel comfortable going to Disney World? Assuming, of course, as well, the other assumption here that you mentioned is uh, that finances aren't an issue. Huh. I think uh, I think I'd like to. I think maybe about maybe a month might you know if doing enough uh, in the next month. Yeah. With, well, I'd say within. Uh, about a month. So I, I would like a, at least a, a fair amount of time for me to assess like what has been going on around the park. Are the parks like running? I guess it, it, are we assuming that the park has been open a month or, you know, it's a good question. They do not specify. So my guess is that they're saying from today's date, because one of the options is, or the, the initial option, the, the first column is now. Um, and then they say in the next month, in the next two to three months, more, and then the final is more than six months from now. So I'm guessing that, it, I mean, you're right. It's It's a little strange because we have no idea when the parks are going to be open. But let, I mean, let's assume that, they're going to be open in July. Well, uh, uh, and I we can, and you know what? I mean, it, it, it's again like we can even take the time frame and just blow it up and just say like, after they open, how comfortable are you in terms of like, you know, returning to the theme park and staying at the resort? Is that right when they open? Is that a month after they open? Is that two to three months after they open? Uh, well, it's interesting because I think, uh, I think if you go like right after they open and they have, they're super strict and they're limiting like a whole lot of people out of it, I would probably feel comfortable going then. But then I don't know if, uh, later on after they've been open a while and now, you know, you're dealing with bigger crowds, um, uh, it's it's one of those interesting things that I think going right at the beginning is probably best because you got smaller crowds and generally people may be more on their best behavior than actually later on. How, how about 
comparing that to flying. So we've talked a little bit about about how your level of comfort is at a theme park versus flying. Do you feel like your and again, I guess this would be I guess this is more looking at today's date uh, or just in general, like do you feel that um, that your level of comfort to fly is at about where it's at for a theme park or is it significantly different? It's significantly different. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, at a, at a theme park, I think people are on their best. Generally people are on their better behavior. Uh, but, uh, I think when it's, when it comes to flying, I think, uh, you know, there was horror stories before, this stuff happens and all you need to do is, you know, you're in a a small confined area. Even if you're not right next to somebody that air is being circulated and, you know, who knows what is going on in that and in, in those airplanes. And they're generally not very, you know, there's, there's just been so many horror stories before the, the the pandemic that i'm definitely more worrisome about flying than i am when it comes to the theme parks right and i'm guessing that there's probably a lot of people in that boat uh which is going to be a challenge when they reopen uh, certainly that florida park right is that um you know outside of locals or if you're in the immediate kind of general area um, certainly I, I guess you can drive there, but you know, outside of that, you're really going to have to, <laughs> they're going to rely on people flying in and maybe that's not going to be as much of an issue when you're 20% or 30% capacity, but you know, it's going to be a bit of a challenge for them to, you know, start getting into those higher ramp up levels if people are not feeling comfortable flying. Right. Oh Yeah. Yeah, I don't. That, that's going to be a challenge for them. I don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's weird. Like the idea of the idea of getting on an airplane and being required to wear a face mask the entire time, and just kind of being in that environment for a few hours, uh, and then. Going to Disney World and spending your time at Disney World with a mask on in Central Florida kind of weather, especially if it's like summertime and humid, um, it does not sound like an ideal, I mean, certainly not an ideal vacation, but even like a very relaxing vacation. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it doesn't sound super appealing to just me and certainly if you're a hardcore fan then that's different but it's a hard sell that's generally a hard sell right oh yeah i mean you're you know there's just so much i mean if you're not like i guess the only way that like that trip is going to be like fun because i mean the last thing you want to do on a trip is be like paranoid that you may get sick i mean right you know that's you know 
the whole time you're going to be on guard and then that's hard that makes it very hard for you to like have fun when you're constantly like worried that you're going to get sick so you know yeah well and especially with D- Disney i mean they're they're kind of in the business of making it so that you forget about the outside world while you're there right i mean they construct those parks purposefully to kind of encapsulate you in that theme park and and in that resort experience and so um you know at least with at least with the current guidelines and policies that are going to be in place assuming that they are these shanghai policies um and implementations it's going to be impossible to avoid the fact that you know there is this there's this there's this potential threat uh uh certainly in the outside world but also at disney right you have these big red markings on the ground telling you not to stand here everyone's wearing face masks which just as a visual is pretty intense right uh you're being asked to like constantly hand sanitize you're not being allowed to go up to the uh the characters you're uh you know having your temperature screened you're being limited in terms of how you can shop for merchandise and how you can enjoy your dining experience and certain theater events and parades are closed it's just like there is no escaping the fact that you know, you're in the middle of this kind of like health emergency or, or health potential health crisis. So, you know, again, this all plays into this idea of like, man, it 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 cripples their it cripples Disney's ability to kind of uh, uh, have people be lost in that kind of magical spell that I think everybody that enjoys going to the parks associates with being there. It's true. Oh, definitely, definitely you have a point there. But one of those things I always say when it comes to like pizza, even bad pizza, still pizza. So it's still not as bad as not having being at Disneyland. But uh, and that, you know, at this point, I think anything is a break from being like stuck at home the whole time, you know you know, being able to get out, you know, I think it's still like, is it's tough for them, but it's, it's still like a welcome break, even though you are totally correct in that you're totally going to be reminded like the whole time you're on your vacation, that there is this threat around you and you need to be on guard. But I don't know. That's, just the, that's this year at least <laughs> well totally yeah but i mean it's uh, you know again this goes into the this goes into that question i forget we, we were talking a little bit about this uh in a previous episode just kind of this mentality but it does go to the question of like well am i getting and of course this isn't disney's fault but it's like am i getting am i getting a uh a discounted experience while paying full price. Mm. I mean, and, and, you know, you were talking about the, the financial aspect of it. And again, this is the other challenge that they're going to have is like, you are by, by just 
default going to have a compromised experience while you're at these parks. And so, you know, a, a kind of a question with that is like, well, you know, how do you, how do you combat that? And certainly when you're only getting 20% capacity, you're getting that 20% that's willing to deal with that compromise in order to, as you said, kind of get bad pizza <laughs> just because they've missed Disney for so long. But once you start getting outside of that, it's a much tougher sale because, you know, like I said, they're not, they're not discounting much. And in fact, according to a bunch of reports, and, and if you look at their menus, they've been increasing prices on a lot of food during the, uh, during the downtime. So, uh, you know, again, it raises the question of like, is this the year that you do that trip or, you know, do you just push it out till next year? Do you push it out until after that and just say like, well, it's kind of indefinitely on hold until I feel like I'm getting the full experience. I don't know. That's, that's the challenge though, right? Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's a challenge for them and it's a challenge for the people making the decisions. If they, if it, if they're willing to put up with it, um, I think, unfortunately, I think you're going to see a lot of people who will just put up with it just because they are just sick of being in, in the house or stuck in this situation yeah. for so long. So they're willing to put up with a discounted experience. Um, well, I wouldn't say discounted. I would say a, a less than uh, a, well, it's a compromise. A compromise. I mean, it's a compromise. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I think you also have to really measure like what is available to you in, in your experience too, and what you're willing to put up with. So, I mean, every person's different. Like, you know, if, you know, for some people like, you know, Haunted Mansion not being open, that's not going to kill their experience because they didn't enjoy that ride to begin with. But, you know, some people that that'll just that's that's a no go. Um, right. But uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's a tricky and there's no like, you know, perfect answer until like everything is fully open and this and there aren't doing any kind of we don't have to worry about this pandemic but uh hmm. totally well and you know to to uh disney and chapix credit certainly what it seems like the strategy that they're going with here is like getting out in front as far as possible to of, of these kinds of compromises that just need to be made for safety and health reasons. Like certainly there's no question that that needs to be in place. Um, but they're getting out far ahead of the parks reopening um, so that anyone that shows up is going to, I mean, this goes back to what we were saying initially. It's like anyone that shows up expecting that the parks are, going to be fully operational and that they're going to have a, just a normal Disney world experience hasn't been paying attention 
probably hasn't been reading their email, probably hasn't been, you know, I mean, there's just, there would be no excuse for that, right? Like everybody that shows up is going to know what the deal is and what they need to do and what the experience that they're paying for is. So, I mean, full credit to them for being very clear about that. And, you know, I mean, you're right. It's a, it's a personal decision at the end of this. Uh, I still have, so that trip that I had booked in May uh, that I w- would have just been getting back from now. Um, I have, I've shifted it off until the end of August, beginning of September, potentially it's kind of, I booked it, but I'm not sure. I'm going to kind of play things out and see how they go. But, um, but you know, as much as I, as much as I kind of question the, the uh the experience generally that's going to be had and think about how miserable it's going to be to be wearing a face mask all day while I'm walking around in that Florida humidity like I still booked my trip <laughs> so you know I'll still be there uh it'll be interesting I'll be there and you know if nothing else it, it will be a totally unique Disney experience that uh, we may never have again. So that'll be, that'll be something. I, I don't know if it'll be, a. I hope it'll be a positive experience, <laughs> but we'll see. Well, it, maybe you'll get an experience like, um, uh, Shanghai. Uh, my wife was telling me they, people were reporting that around 10, around 1040 in the park, like the most popular rides were like five minute waits. So, uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. Uh, but yeah, I think it it just comes down to like, you know, what they actually choose the open to open and then uh, you know, what what that exp- I mean, they need to not only have are they telling us like what we're going to have to be in store for as far as like what we need to be prepared to do ourselves, but they need to also be prepared with telling us what is open. And what that experience is going to look like. So we can make that informed decision. I know they may be a little less forthcoming on that end of things, but. uh, I think they actually, now that I think about it, they did update there. They have a Disney world has kind of like a COVID-19 kind of general landing page where you can just find anything that you're interested in knowing about Disney world and the closures, but they did add a section specifically stating that, uh, you know, during this kind of reopening time period, when everything is reopening again in phases, uh, there may be attractions and rides and shows that are closed and they kind of have a, it's kind of like a dummy blank section for, uh, announced closure. So it seems like it's possible at least that they'll have just a general informational page that I'm guessing is going to be updated as soon as there's some kind of announcement. Um, but yeah, I mean, getting that in front of people in front and center when you're booking or before you arrive is going to be very helpful. Yeah. Uh, but you know, Again, like you said, it's still something that, uh, you know, even in an iffy situation, it's still something to look forward to. 
I mean, I, me and my wife are still really like want a <laughs> Disney uh, trip uh, regardless. So I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough, uh, tough decision to try and make. And, you know, so. Well, it's just like, there's so much up in the air right now. I mean, that's, you know, uh, and it was the case with even, you know, Shanghai and everything like that. It's just like those parks were closed until they weren't. <laughs> I mean, we, you know, and then everything is moving now. Uh, and we, kind of had those little brief updates right before the park opened in terms of their social distancing markings on the ground and some of the procedures that they were doing and their kind of test and trial openings. Um, but, you know, it's not like we had a ton of lead-in into that. Um, I, I think we will have more lead-in at Disney World. It's a much different kind of beast. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, who you know, even if it's July that they do open, who knows what the situation's going to be. So hopefully it'll be in a good place and everyone will be in a good place. And, you know, all of these procedures and measures will go swimmingly and we'll be, we'll be all good. You and uh, Lori will be able to get your Disney trip in. I hope so. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm just hoping that uh, next week we have another park opening announcement because two parks in two weeks would be incredible, right? Oh, yeah. And we need some some data gathered so, you know, we get the best opening we can possibly over here in, in our U.S. parks. Just keep that good news flowing, right? Oh, for sure. Well, that just about does it for today. Remember, you can catch The Great Park Hop each and every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or whatever your favorite podcast service just so happens to be. As always, if you like what you hear and want us to keep making content just like this, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a review, or hit that like button. This has been episode 15 of The Great Park Hop, and we'll catch you next week. Stay healthy, everybody. Henry, enjoy those churros, big guy. <laughs> pickles, man, pickles. <laughs> Take care, dude. Later, man.